Uh, welcome uh, everyone to the fifth installment of the uh, Saddle Chat. Uh, we hope everyone out there is doing well uh, and been enjoying uh, their level two, albeit with a few restrictions and things. Um, but today we've got a bit of an agenda to get through. Uh, we'll go over that shortly. Uh, but just uh, we've got the old gang back. Um, we'll quickly introduce. Uh, we've got uh, Hayden banging at O'Toole. Uh, club battler and Colts manager, um, same as uh, a guy formerly known as Henry, Eugene Cordell-Smith, coming through again, and a uh, big welcome to uh, Ezra, Big Brown Sugar, Yupeli, coming back again, and uh, of course I'm Fridge, and we've gone full circle, and, and we're back, uh, I'm back on hosting, hosting responsibilities today, but uh, we'll, we'll go around the panel, see, see what everyone's been up to. Um, Maybe some highs and lows for the weeks, boys, if you've got any highs and lows. Um, we'll start with you, Ezra. Oh, uh, kia ora, Matua Fridge. Uh, thanks for the, uh, the opportunity. Um, yeah, no, it's been another, um, yeah, it's been another week, which has, uh, you know, had its uh, ups and downs. Um, yeah, no, uh, it's it's been generally pretty good, but... Um, uh, I guess for, for me, another challenge has popped up uh, recently just with uh, with, uh, with work. Um, so uh, just just going through a few uh, a few things here. Um, so we bit of a we bit of a challenge here, but I mean, you know, it is what it is. I think we all understand, um, you know, the the nature of the world at the moment, and um, you know how things have uh, changed considerably. So uh, that's affected uh, our workplace. So um, it will be looking. Um, at the next step uh, from there, but outside of that, um, yeah, obviously excited down to level two. We've got some good news. I'll be able to get into the limp centre next Tuesday, so uh, pretty happy about that. But um, no, otherwise, fan, you're all well, and and um, yeah, things are good, mate. Thank you. Good to hear. It's awesome, uh, exciting to hear that uh, the limp centre's called you as well. And yeah, tough times, rugby union and Wellington rugby union. Um, so thoughts out, yeah, thoughts out to everyone affected there. But um, heck, we'll move on uh, to you, bro. And any highs and lows for the week? What, what have you been up to? Um, I don't know about highs and lows. Back to a pretty normal, well, yeah, normal work week, I suppose. Um, lots of meetings down the rugby club, trying to get the season kind of underway, and all the comms from the union and and that. So that's been. Uh, Challenging but exciting. Hopefully, we might see some some rugby soon. Um, I know the announcement kind of has been pushed back to the twenty fifth. I think now. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was good to see everyone the other night at the meeting. Um, in our groups, less than ten, obviously. Um, yeah, good, good to get away this weekend. Uh, get out of Wellington finally and. Up in uh, Awakuni, helping the old man. When I say helping the old man, I'm just kind of digging holes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, no, good. Nice, bro. Good to hear. Shout out to uh, Glenn, putting you to work there. Huge, uh, mate. How's and lows for the week, or what have you been up to? Yeah, cheers, uh, OG Henry. Um, cheers. So a high, high for me would be, obviously, the fact that we are at level two now. 
So, um, yeah, I think it's obviously quite good and things are starting to get back to some sense of normality again. So I've liked that. Um, still working from home, though. Um, and we'll be still at home for a wee while. So that's a, a good and a bad thing. it um, be nice to get back to sort of full normality and get back into the office and not have to do all our meetings over a video. But um, also still really enjoying being at home and being able to spend a bit more time with family as well. But, yeah, level two, so that's good. Uh, yeah, kids back to daycare and and school and things like that. So that's nice. Um, also started a Maori course actually. Um, so I quite liked your intro there, uh, nice. Fridgey, speaking a bit of Tereo. So um, oh. Works um, organised a bit of uh, Tereo Maori lessons. So I've had my first three-hour workshop on Wednesday and just to plant the seed a bit. So looking forward to that. So it's a ten-week course. Um, so yeah, we'll see how my progress is at the uh, end of that ten weeks. So that's nice. Um, and yeah, Lowe's, uh, I guess it's just probably that sort of uncertainty still around that club rugby season. Um, I know we're going to get into that a bit later anyway, but um, yeah, just sort of unsure when we kicked off. It looked like we might have been a bit closer than we were at one stage, and then um, the goalpost sort of changed a bit on that. So um, that was a bit of a low, but yeah, as we say, what it is, uh, what it will be, will be, and we'll just, uh, yeah, roll for it, I guess. Nice, bro. Good to hear you're doing a Tadeo course, bro. Kia ora to that. Yeah. Um, it's probably a good segue. Um, you, you mentioned there talking about uh, the format or the way we're coming back into club footy, boys, and, and it's got an excellent on our agenda. Um, the three stages of kind of getting back into footy. Uh, phase one, prepare to train. Phase two, prepare to play. Phase three, play. Um, I guess we'll go in reverse order. Uh, back to you again, Yuge. What Did you ever read through the document and, and kind of what were your thoughts on the steps that the NZR are taking there? Yeah, yeah, I had a wee bit of a read through. Um, I guess it's probably all dictated by what the government says anyway um, around what we're allowed to do. So as I said, we just have to roll with what we've been given um, and go off it. So yeah, it's a, a bit of a shame. We, it would have been nice um, when we sort of heard that we, and we thought that we're going to get into a bit more of a full team trainings as of Tuesday um, when the sort of government originally announced what level two might look like. But um, obviously there was a bit of, bit of changing, so we'll just stick with it. Um, so yeah, the next couple of weeks we'll try and make do with what we got and what we're allowed to do with the um, unorganised trainings, but hopefully keep the boys still motivated and keen to rip into it. So once we get 25th of May... Hopefully I announce that we can have a few more people at training, get into a bit of contact session um, if all goes to plan. Um, I think that will be, yeah, well, I think quite a lot of the players will be uh, hissing for that as well because mm. talking to a few of them are pretty keen to get into it. Um, so it should, should make for a good season once it gets sort of started up and running again. You kind of hope everyone's kind of keen to get into it. Um, heck, you, what do you reckon about this phase play, bro? You, you reckon the um, boys are still uh, chomping at the bits to get involved again? Yeah, well, like you said earlier, like we kind of thought this week might have been the week we uh, got into some training, which um, is disappointing that's changed. Um, but yeah, the, the boys will be hissing for sure. I think, um, um, yeah, they'll, they'll be they'll, they'll be ready to go when the when the time comes. Mm. Um, and just on that, like those meetings we had the other night, I know you guys talked about uh, the rugby side of things, and, and and the other group talked about kind of the house and the club rooms and that sort of thing, and and touched on, you know, the, the stuff we're going to have to do, like, you know, avoid using the changing rooms if you can, and, and you know, one person with the physio at a time, and, and heaps of things like that. So we should have a good little checklist um, 
by the time it's ready for the guys to come back. Nice. Yes, sounds like we're going to have uh, everything in place and uh, things like that. But um, I guess the dates are pretty loose. As I'm not sure if you're allowed to comment too much, being been, uh, uh, or working with the NZR, but um, kind of thoughts around this phase, phase play thing seems pretty um, organised. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the, the, the team back at, back at the office have been, um, you know, been been working away at obviously some you know some of these plans for a, for a long time now and, and as huge alluded to it's um it's dictated by obviously by uh, by the government and um I think yeah the guys have have, uh, have have nailed it already I guess um you know I, I, my thoughts are pretty much the same as what huge and hack have shared I mean I think you know we, we've just got to be safe and we've just got to be um, really valiant stringent on on, on processes and that, you know, when the guys come in, obviously they've got to make sure they've got, you know, their own water bottles. We might have to stagger arrivals and, and even, you know, making sure that we take note of, you know, where people are going to be signing and signing out, that type of thing. So there's just, it's, it's just, um, it's just the nature of the beast and it's just what we've got to, what we've got to do. But yeah, like Hack said, I think the guys will be amping to go. And we, we spoke about it the other week where, you know, they, the guys, we've got, you know, we're blessed with a bit of depth this year. So, you know, if, if you haven't been doing the mahi, um, you know, there's got to be two or three other guys and girls, you know, for the ponies, say, um, that'll get, you know, that'll get the call up to, you know, to feature in round one when that, when that comes off. Yeah, um, and I think one thing to remember as well uh, for people listening and people that comment and stuff is like, um, Wellington Rugby Union and NZR, they take all the advice from government and Ministry of Health kind of thing, so their hands are tied. Um, and that's where our dates, uh, you, you can't lock in dates for these things. Like, I think right now there's no cases in Wellington, is what I heard. Um, so like they might even do a staggered approach like around the regions and on who drops down levels and things like that. So it could, could come in earlier, maybe not, but just wait and see and, and see how it goes. But um, yeah, definitely amping to get back involved. Um, was the next thing on the agenda was, I know we spoke about it possibly on Messenger or something, uh, just a rep representative season options. Um, and one idea I floated was kind of town teams versus potidor teams versus hut teams with no other representative footy. Uh, do you reckon, well, what would you guys want to see, uh, Ezra? Yeah, I guess we've um, yeah, we've been sort of you know throwing some ideas around, you know, the past couple of weeks that we've been um, staying in touch. Um, you know, in the past, in terms of rep footy, for I use senior men's for example here in Wellington. Um, you know, post club season, the Wellington Maori team have their program. Uh, the Wellington Samoan team assembles as well. Um, you've got your Centurion. So we have a obviously an internal tournament uh, between the three of us, and have played teams outside of Wellington in the past. You know, Hawks Bay. Saracens, your know, model two development, um, and and so that you know obviously those are those are really good and and um, you know it's awesome for for you know for guys to aspire to get you know get get, get involved in any of those teams to push for selection and for development. You know if we didn't go down that road and we we're looking at other options, we talk, we talk about post club season having a you know a, a, a city versus Portugal versus Hutt type thing like a three way. Uh, tournament and I mean if I you know could could draft something up I'd love to see 
the three teams uh, assembled. So obviously, if you play your rugby in, in the city, you're playing uh, and then all, you know the, down to Javel, and then all your hut teams would uh, would make up the hut teams. But but have four grades, so have your under thirteens, um, have your Colts, have your women, and then have your seniors. And it'll be awesome to you know to have that maybe played over three consecutive weekends. So obviously on one Saturday, you know Portadour will play the hut and the men's, but Portadour will play Wellington, you know, and the women or the Colts. So so we're not just having one side of town missing out on footy that particular Saturday. So that's probably just an idea that I was sort of, you know, had sort of floating around and would have been keen to see happen if I had the chance. Yeah, I guess it'll be mean. Um, I'm not too sure what, what it costs or what the what financials are behind it, but it seems like a, an easier way of trying to get some sort of rep footy in there um, for, for the boys still trying to play towards something or play towards a goal of making a team and things. Uh, Hex, Heck, what's your ideal kind of rep, rep season looking like? Yeah, I mean, I think the City versus Western Bays versus Hutt Valley would be would be awesome. You could even throw in like a Horofanua Kapiti or Wairapa Bush too to make it four or five and mm. little little pool play would be cool. And and just getting getting rugby back on you know, the great grounds like Pyro Park and Batoni Rec and even Hut Rec, you know. Such mm. good such good grounds and facilities. I think they could they could do it pretty easy. Is there is there the June, July internationals, have they been canned yet? Uh, they've been indefinitely postponed, I think. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that'd be great to fill that void. Yeah, and I reckon boys will be hissing, like, imagine representing the heart, the old Hutt Valley kind of, like in a premium mm. kind of level, your, your age grade, like, it'd be mad, man, going mm. up against the town boys and versus the, the Western boys or Porirua boys. Uh, huge thoughts? Yeah, no, I think um, Ez and Heck have both, both nailed it. Um, I'd love to see sort of that Hutt Valley, uh, Western Bays and City comps and I just think of the, the teams and the players that are in those teams and be some really, really quality rugby, um, especially now with uh, Mighty 10 Cup looking like all the All Blacks are going to be available. Um, so obviously those some of those players that might have been sort of fringe, while unfortunate for them, um, they may filter down into those teams as well and be available. So there's some pretty quality uh, players on show for that. I mean, you could even just, um, I mean, you could think of things like um, even like an under-21, if you had a Hutt Valley or a representative of under-21 teams, and you could have someone like a Josh Salvo who's obviously pushing for that line spot. Mm. But if you get an Artie Savier that's back, and um, I mean, he might be able to play for the under-21 team if they do it purely by age, as opposed to what grade you actually play club rugby in. Um, so you could be some quality ones. You could even look into doing a potential way of linking sort of your junior grade back to back to the club. Is you could have an under 18s and kids at junior rugby where at certain clubs you could play an under 20 under 18 grade um, within those schools um, yeah. to try and link that back as well. So yeah, a um, lot of lot of uh, obviously um, options that you can go with. But as you mentioned before, it probably comes down to a cost thing more than anything on whether or not that could that could happen. Mm. Would be nice to see Wellington Union if, mm. if you're listening would be willing to help out. We'll volunteer our time to get a yeah. rep footy season going. Um, yeah. Just quickly, boys, I just wanted to go around the table as well. Um, you, you might have a couple being kind of the only um, professional player in, in this group. Um, any rugby regrets that you had during your career or things that you'd do differently? 
Uh, yeah, I had a good think about this actually, and I didn't have too many regrets to be fair. Um, my my main regret is um, now I think back to it now and sort of what I know and training. I just sort of wish I'd probably trained a bit harder. Mm. To be fair, um, I'm someone, um, as you guys might know, who loves the social side of rugby, um, which I do think is quite important. But um, I've never been a big fan of running and training and things like that. And I sort of just wonder back to how I, far I could have gone if I did actually do a bit more training and things like that. Um, but yeah, apart from that, I'm pretty happy um, with the career I've had and looking back and what I've done and decisions I've made and things like that. So yeah, not too many regrets to be fair. Nice. How about you, Hexel? Nah, not really. I uh, probably the only one would be the kickoff I shelled in a McBain Shield game and <laughs> kind of lost the game. But that was that's probably probably the only one. At rugby, yeah, like I said, rugby has been pretty good to me. So many good mates at at Petone and 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 you know guys I played with when I was four. You know, just lifelong mates. And then did a stint in the UK, so I got heaps of heaps of rugby friends over there too now. So whenever there's a Lions tour or a, or an, or an English game, or a you know World Cup, they're always over here, or or meeting them around the world. So that's that's you know that's awesome. Uh, Ezra, how about yourself? Either as a player or, or a manager, any, any rugby regrets? <laughs> um, it's actually quite funny. I'll, I'll I'll actually have to share a story. Um, uh, so not, I have no no regrets as a manager, um, but the regret came as a player. So, um, as, as I'd spoken to you guys earlier before, I only played a couple of years after high school. So, after Scots College, I came back to Petone and had a year with the line teams. And then the following year, which was my second year at the club, um, so I'd, I'd literally just turned 20, uh, or was shy of 20, but um, I played uh, senior ones under Dion and Polly. Um, so, at the back end of that year, uh, our season finished, and for some reason, whatever, the, the Colts, it might have been that, the old Coca-Cola Colts uh, tournament they used to have post the club season. So I was uh, I was uh, hanging with the Collins boys one weekend. I was with Joe, and Joe and I were going to play for the Hutley Samoans, and we were due to play in town against the Wellington Samoans. Um, for whatever reason, we, we we couldn't get a ride out to town, and just down the road at Fraser Park, the Tony Colts were playing Tower Colts in that Coca-Cola Club tournament um, competition. So uh, Joe and I, instead of looking for a ride to get to town, and there would have been plenty of options. We thought, oh, we'll just go and have a run with our club Colts team. So we did that. So we ended up just walking down to Fraser Park, had a run with the Colts, and 20 minutes into the game, I um, I ended up lacerating my ring finger on my right hand. It was a compound fracture. And uh, and that was the main reason why I gave the game away. Um, because for basically for a year, uh, the, it had to heal and everything and, and everything from, you know, driving to playing piano to, you know, to lift, lifting a fork. I was studying at the time and everything just got pushed back. So, pushed back. now the biggest regret was us not jumping on a train to go to town. <laughs> That's cool, bro, because I've never heard the story of why why you, you stopped playing, bro. So, it's nice to kind of hear why. Tough injury as well. Um, I guess for me, boys, uh, one, one, I've got two, and one of mine will be similar to you. Just, just um, there was only ever like two years that I trained hard <laughs> out of all the years that I played footy. The rest of it was just social and just rocking up to training, just having fun. And just the two years that we finally put in work, me and my mate JB, but we've done some good things in footy. Um, and then number two, uh, not many people know, but um, there was one year 
Oh, of course, you guys know I played for our old boys, but I came and played against Patoni. Oh, uh, here we go. On number one. <laughs> Heads to at least one mention, eh? Yeah. <laughs> and then and the very next week, uh, my brother hit me up. I think it was when he was managing with Dion. Um, he said that Dion wanted a meeting. And uh, I rocked up to this meeting um, and I said that I'd only come if he was keen on JB as well. He goes, yeah, yeah, we're keen, we're keen. And then I left the meeting and, and just left it at that. I didn't... Didn't come back to Patani, didn't do anything, but that's probably one of my biggest regrets is not coming back then while, while I was kind of still in decent nick to, to have a run around. So missed opportunity, but back now and, and having fun, so it's all good. Um, boys, uh, we're about to get into our All Blacks kind of top 15 of the last 20 years, but uh, one late thing that I added to our agenda um, just while I was doing a bit of research today was... I was looking at some of the stats of our All Blacks and there was a lot of All Blacks that were kind of under five games, like five games, four games, a lot at one, a lot at two. And then I wanted to ask you guys, could we relax the rules like around those Pacific teams? Um, so if they kind of only play one or two games and don't establish themselves as, as an All Black, in their prime, not as a backup like after their career, but in their prime, could they... Should we allow players to go still play for Samoa, Fiji, uh, Tonga? Because just to name a few, there was George Moala, Augustine Bulu, uh, Atul Molly, Francis Saley, John Schwalger, Kevin Senior, ben, Benson Stanley, all played about one, two or three games. So um, I'm not sure where I finished, but I'll start with... Uh, oh, no, I'll go back to Huge. Huge, what was your th- thoughts on that idea? Yeah, no, I, I think so. Um, I do think there probably has to be some sort of stand-down period, though, because mm. um, the last thing you want to do is make it like rugby league was and have guys jumping from nation to nation. I think Tony Carroll played for Aussie, went to New Zealand, went back to Aussie, um, things like that. So you don't want him to sort of be hopping around like that because that sort of makes yeah makes it look like a bit of a farce. But, yeah, I, I definitely do. Um, I think definitely for those nations where... Um, they're not in sort of, with no disrespect at all, but not in top echelon of, of rugby nations like the Englands and the South Africans and the Kiwis. I think for those lower tiers, um, I think there is definitely an opportunity how to do it, but sort of the criteria and rules around it might just need a bit of thinking around it as well. But yeah, I think so. Making making international games strong by making some of these Pacific Islands uh, stronger as well, I think would be, would be great. Nice. And um, I think there's one point to make is like coaches, like they might get someone in is just, oh, let's see what he's like in the all-black environment, give him a game or two. And then if he doesn't pass, he's done. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not necessarily choosing these guys to, you know, not make them available for other teams. They're kind of just choose, they need to see them yeah. in that environment to see what they're like. Well, you get someone like a um, Ben Atinga who uh, got caught in for like one World Cup and he played like was it like 10 minutes at the end of a game and that mm. automatically rules them out. So, um, yeah, for someone like that, pretty unfair. Yeah, what's your thoughts around it, Hack? Yeah, I think I think it should be like a calendar year, especially those smaller nations should be able to pick up a guy, like you mentioned, um, Atanga. Like, it'd be so good. It, and it would make the, those world tournaments so much better, having all the stars there. Mm. Um, yeah, and those island nations would look awesome with them. Um, with you guys, like you mentioned before. Yeah, and uh, when I spoke to Nazar a few weeks ago, he said that I asked him if, I go, would you go back and play for Samoa if you were allowed to after your AB's time? And he's, 
he said nah because like why would he go on the back end of his career and take someone else's spot that's kind of up and coming mm. and things like that yeah um he said he'd love to but he brought up a real good point there um what's your thoughts around this is Yeah, it's funny you um I was actually just gonna bring up that point from that was one of the really interesting things that came out in Asia's interview. And um and that, that probably changed my thinking as well because um you know, I was just gonna say, you know, obviously being being Samoan, the the moment Samoa is my you know, is my other team, you know, um and Naza Naza's point really changed my way of thinking about that because it is true, you know, I mean he could go, like you're saying, at the back end of his career, and you know we'll have some, you know, two or three young tight head props who've sort of worked their way, you know, up, you know, in their in their respective uh, provinces or franchises to get that shot. So, for an older player to come back and you know take that position, you know, would be quite demoralising for them. So, change my change my you know my thinking and and definitely, uh, but but you know like like Hayton, you just said as well. Um, you know, definitely keen for um, you know, for guys to put more leniency around there. But look, the home the home unions that are really worried the Pacific teams being able to access players. Um, so so that 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 they're not going to be able they're not going to be supporting that anytime soon. Mm. Yeah, nice, good good points there, boys. Just yeah, my view is just if if you're in your prime. And you kind of haven't made that national team after playing like once for every year or something like that. Maybe give them the option to go play for the islands and not as a backup though. Like, yeah, there has to be some sort of rules around it. But uh, yeah, yeah no, and it shouldn't work, it shouldn't work the other way too. Like, like tier one nations or you know the All Blacks shouldn't be able to pinch a player from the lesser tiers, you know, mm. after a year. Yeah, because who, who was that? It was like, what, Alama Yurimir was one of those guys, Michael Jones, Frank Bunce. Frank Bunce, yep. yeah. 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 Mm. Good times. Well, boys, let's get into the, the body of the conversation uh, for today's Saddle Chat. Uh, we're into our All Blacks, uh, kind of your, your own dream team, or top 15 for the last 20 years. Um, we'll go around the table and uh, we'll go by position to start. And we'll probably just start with naming out our two props that you'd like. I've asked the guys to name uh, one notable prop that they're thinking about or who deserves a mention, and then their actual prop that they'll name in their 15. So probably just come straight back to you, is if you could name your, your two props. Yeah, I, I think thanks, uh, Fridgy. I, I decided uh, that I was going to make up my uh, team uh, outside of uh, the current players, so I'm I'm going to go back to 2000 and um and then name my squad that way. So props wise, I've um I actually went with Carl uh, Hoft and Carl Hayman, and um and the notable player would be uh, would be Naza uh, Mia, and that was purely because Mia plays either side, um but also obviously knowing that Mia and and seeing the work that he put in to so to go from you know being a prop college player at the club for a few years, toiling away, had a couple of senior props ahead of him at the club, but the turnaround that he made in sort of 12, 18 months, I remember driving over the Wainu Hill and he was running over the hill, and I thought, holy hecka, um, looking in good nick, and um, he just went from there. So he gets my my mention, but I'll go with Hofty and 
Carl Heyman. Yeah, great choices, Ez. And yeah, sad, sad to know, mate. Uh, Heck? Um, I had I had Heyman as well. I had um, I had Olo Brown. Just because you know, in a world where there's just too much celebration after kind of mundane plays, you know, like your LeBron James's. Um, he just he didn't show emotion, just got on with the job, which I liked. Um, I also had I, I had Bull Allen, maybe not for his like on the pitch play, but just as a kid when he got the pill, when everyone would go, "Bull shit!" It was exciting. Yeah, I'm just gonna cut in here, Hank. Uh, I know you didn't have much time to prep, mate, but you've named two props from the nineties, mate. Oh, what's the rules? <laughs> Last twenty years, bro. <laughs> That's all right. Keep us in the Good point, though. Big yeah, fan of Olo Brown. I'm a big fan yeah, of Olo Brown. Let me throw this list away and I'll, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, keep, keep naming them, bro. They're going to they're gonna be good. Uh, yeah, you, good. Use your props. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Olo Brown as well, Hack, mate. But I would love to pick them in there. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, similar to I've gone Cal Heyman as my tight head. Um, this is my final pick. And my loose head, I've gone for Tony Woodcock. Um, AB Centurion, so pretty hard to go past that when guys knocked up 100 games. Um, I was like, is as well. I have notable mentions to Nazar, um, especially from what he, and he mentioned it in his interview as well, that he, he sort of cracked the Hurricanes when he was playing Senior One Rugby here, um, which is probably a bit of a shout out to some guys, younger guys that sort of get dropped their lip a bit when they don't make prems and look to go elsewhere and don't stay loyal to a club. He sort of stayed loyal and um, cracked through when he was playing Senior One Rugby, so um, and to where he's got to and playing both sides of the scrum is versatility. Um, I think he's probably one of the best All Blacks to be able to play both sides of the scrum equally well. Um, so for that, I give him a notable shout-out. And my other notable shout-out, who I loved as well, um, was Keith Muse, um, mm. who could also play both sides of the scrum. So, yeah, Keith would be my other notable shout-out. Nice, bro. Great choices there. Um for me, boys, my, my notable mentions are uh, Joe Moody. Oh, he, he's current, my bad. Uh, but uh, and Owen Franks as well. Uh, just uh, the definitely top five overall for me. Um, but my two props I went with was Naser. Uh, Naser gets one of my starting roles. Um, just love his scrummaging, his technique, and he's a Patoni boy, uh, a local boy. Um, and the other one was Carl Heyman as well. He's obviously my top top prop ever. Uh, straight us back in the game. Can chuck a cup of tea on him during 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 the scrum, and it'll be steady. Uh, I also think he's the Jake Jake Gooch of, of the All Blacks. Does he not know what I mean there? Like, he's just a beautiful man, bro. Like, <laughs> real, real handsome dude. He's the Jake Gooch of the All Blacks, mate. Um, we'll uh, quickly cover off our hookers, uh, and no better place to start than uh, you, huge. So, yeah, um, so notable mention um, is a current current All Black, but I've gone for Colsey. Um, sort of just his skill set, probably the most skillful front row I've seen going around, just his speed and um, athleticism and everything just is, is obviously quite up there. Um, but the guy I've gone for my hooker is another Centurion, and that's uh, Kevin Mialamu, the Odahuhu Nugget. Um, yeah, loved, loved him growing up. Um, just a uh, real dynamic player, uh, ball in hand, and just tough as well, tough as Tika. I remember that game, and I've been watching quite a lot of the old school rugby on TV at the moment. Um, and just that game where Brendan Cannon just absolutely sucker punches him, 
that ruck. Um, and doesn't even look like it affected him. And it was just a clean shot as well, but just a tough, nuggety player. But also, um, from what I've heard, and also having that chance to play against him in that All Blacks game with the Lions, um, just a real, genuine, nice guy off the field as well. Um, was more than willing to just say, have a chat about it and um, talk about the hooker role and things like that. So a lot of respect for that. Nice. And... Uh... Love the way you managed to get your game against the All Blacks in there as well, mate. Well done. <laughs> um, uh, heck, bro, do you have a um, hooker from the 2000s? <laughs> yeah, uh, I had I had Andrew Hoare. Nuggety, abrasive, and um, yeah, that's who I had. Nice. You're really sealing that off nice there with, uh, with your choice. Uh, is. Yeah, there's only one choice for me, and um, like you, I'm going with Kevy. Um, a lot of times, for Kevy, he's a he's a he is a beautiful man, and um, Kevy's actually um, was one of the guys that um, around the All Black uh, environment. Um, you know, he obviously was there alongside you know the Richie and the and the Dan's, and it was really Kevy that actually pushed a lot of the um, the standards um, around the ABs and. I remember um, there was a year where, you know, and you know the ABs get outfitted, you know, to the max, and they'd come down for breakfast and, and just go to have brekkie, and they'd come down and casual. There was one particular, you know, um, assembly or or a, um, uh, a, a yeah, um, I can't remember what it was, but the players would come down and heads of brekkie and casual eddy outfitting. So like some would come down to hoodies, others come down in different coloured tees, and you know. Um, but Kevy actually said, look, we need to change this. Um, you're an all-black 24-7. And um, from the following morning, and it has ever since, um, well, as far as I know, um, the guys come down and, and branded all-black polos. So that, that for me, I guess, just hammers home how much he believed in the ethos and the, and the standards that all-black should be setting on the field and off field. Nice, bro. That's a cool little story as well. Nice bit of insight. Um, Shout out to uh, Kevin Malamu. Yeah, he's mine as well. Old Kev. Um, I reckon he was the first. I, I reckon he was the first of kind of the dynamic ball playing um, mobile hookers. Uh, and then after him just came all your your Dan Coles, mm. your Suffles, and all that. So. Um, oh. what, what? Sorry. What? Mate, the second second one for yourself, <laughs> mate. <laughs> okay. Oh, sort of have to after not getting selected the last few weeks. Easy, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to bounce straight back to you, bro, with um, a couple of locks. Mate, we've had um, we've had some pretty awesome locking uh, pairs um, in the obviously the last decades. Um, obviously, last couple of years, well, last sort of three, four, five years, you've had obviously Brody and and uh, Sam Whitelock and Ali Williams and Chris Jack. But I've gone with two absolute mongrels and two guys that I love playing, uh, I love seeing play in the black jersey. So uh, my second row made up of Brad Thorne and Troy Flavel. Mm. Nice, great choices, man. Real mongrels too. Uh, Hayden? Yeah, I had... Follow I me. had... Um... <laughs> <laughs> No, nah, I had I had Brody Retallick, Um and um, I had Maxwell. Norm, just for the niggle. Yeah, yeah nice. Norm Maxwell, yeah. And um, I noted down. I I just can't stand Ali Williams. Oh, 
Bro, it's funny you say that. Because <laughs> every time I come to number four or five in this list and I try to think, I think about Ali Williams, I'm the same, bro. There's something about him I just, I didn't, I didn't like, hey, like, I, shout yeah. out to him if he happens to hear this. Uh, but, um, yeah. Just, nah, good player. Just, yeah, just, I don't know, just something about him. I think he, he might be the huge Smith of the All Blacks. So something yeah. about him, mate. Something about him. I concur. <laughs> yeah. great, great guy then, great guy. Huge, how about your logs, bro? Yeah, yeah. Um, if I went for playing ability, like if I had to pick a team that I'd think would win like a game that we needed to, I'd probably go off the current locks and Brody and Sam, but I've gone for guys I loved watching growing up. Um, again, another one to fit into that mongrel category. So I just love just ripping into it. It was niggly. There was a game on, again, watching a lot of old school TV at the moment, a game where he played against England and just absolutely tormented them and they just got so frustrated with him, they ended up getting into a few tussles and now it's Keith Robinson. Mm. He's yeah, uh, tough, bro. Yeah, yeah, tough player, just just really niggly. Um, and the other one I had in here was, uh, I went for was Chris Jack. Oh, yeah, yeah. true, Chris yeah. Jack. Good player, but yeah, big fan of Norm Maxwell as well. I didn't actually have him down on my list, heck, so lo- love that call. Great call. Mm. But yeah, Chris Jack and Keith Robinson. Yeah, Chris Jack, kind of no frills, just done the work and, mm. and things. He loved that. Um, my two choices, uh, I think most of you guys or, uh, that have been covered anyway, and one was Norm Maxwell. Uh, he was just no nonsense, bro. And I reckon he, he, like, he wasn't the best lock, but he was all, he always liked the challenge of trying to be better or um, to be equal to the lock he was playing against. Um, and Brad Thorn, bro. He had... Norm Maxwell had no respect for his body. Absolutely yeah. no respect. Yeah. And he got low <laughs> for a big guy, man. Um, mm. And Brad Thorne, bro. Everyone, everyone loves Brad Thorne. Yeah. It's just unfortunate he's a Queenslander. Um, Lucy. Queenslander. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go six and seven, boys. Uh, bouncing back to you, uh, Henry. Was that you, Is? Sorry, that's you, Huge. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um... Did you, say, did you say six and seven? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'll get seven out of the way because I think it's pretty obvious, but I've gone for Richard Paul, uh, another centurion. Um, as a seven, a notable uh, mention I want to throw out there is, as a seven was Marty Holler. I just reckon Marty was just unfortunately a sort of same era, but he was an outstanding player. Um, great over the ball, uh, great on defence as well. Um, and at six, I had the, the late, great Jerry Collins. Um just his physicality and, and toughness as well, uh, with a notable mention to Jerome Kainor. Nice, bro. Great choices. Uh, Hexel? Uh, at six, I had Kano. He's just a beast. I feel like that World Cup he had in 2011 was um, was huge. Just his presence was was awesome. And um, Josh Cronfeld played in the 2000s, eh? Uh, yeah, tw- he played, I think yeah, he lucky finished year. in 2001 or, yeah. yeah. He probably played his best rugby in the late 90s, but yeah, he he, he was my favourite growing up. Just a true wing forward. Um, yeah, he was awesome. Wicked. Uh, how about you, Ezra? Hard to go past uh, Kano at six. Um, so, um, you know, obviously between him and Jerry, those are the options. Um but I, I'll probably have to go with my man, uh, uh, Jerome Conal. And um, at seven, obviously, I, I knew everyone would, would obviously go with the great, the goat. Um, but 
Talk on with Mm. Might have just lost you there for a bit, uh, Izzy. Um, I'll come back to you in a sec, bro, uh, and I'll, I'll go mine uh, until you unfreeze. But um, yeah, my picks, I had Jace, uh, Jerry Collins in there as my first pick and Jerome Kino as my second for six. And I think that's because I don't think there is a Jerome Kino without Jerry Collins coming first. Um, and I think they play in two different eras, even though it's so close together. I reckon they play two different kind of games, two different groups there. Um, in my seven year, definitely Richie McCaw uh, coming through for seven. Uh, we're going to move on to number eight, and I think we'll go to Huge. Is your with us, eh? Yep, have you got me? Yep, yep. all good. Do you want to just uh, tell us your six and seven again, please? Yeah, six and seven, I went with Jerome Kano at six and Chris Musso at seven. Um, obviously, oh, knowing uh, the GOAT, obviously, knowing the GOAT uh, would, would would obviously be everyone else's first choice pick, but uh, I just love the way Musso played and um, I thought I'd give him an opportunity to run in the seven, seven jersey. Yeah. I guess it was tough for everyone that was behind um, McCorey because not many people got got the opportunity. But he, he played a few All Blacks games, to, um, given that he was behind him. So yeah, nice. Uh, we'll go straight on to your your number eight, if that's cool, yes. Yeah, for eight, uh, I went with Jerry. Um, so Jerry's uh, in the boot of the scrum for me. Mean. Nice. Yeah, he, he did play both. Uh, heck, um, I went with uh, Rodney Soyalo at eight. I didn't. I, I kind of grew up loving Zinzan Brook. He was my favourite. So the two thousands um, eights don't compare to him. I don't reckon. But but yeah, Rodney was awesome. Uh, Good love uh, Zinny uh, from the nineties. Uh, huge. Yeah, so notable mention was Rodders, um, but my number eight's Kieran Rees. Again, another centurion, so I think he deserves it. Has he retired or is he still going? Nah, he's retired from the All Blacks. Oh. He's playing in Japan. Sweet. Well, he yeah, was um, in Japan, yeah. The first number eight I wrote down uh, was from a different era, so I had to take him off again, and that was Isitolomaka. But he was from the late 90s, I think. But um, I just love a big ball running number eight, eh? um, which is probably why uh, Rodders gets my number eight pick as well. Um, we're going on to nine and ten now. Uh, name your halfback and first five combination, uh, Huge. Yeah, so I've gone four. Um, obviously, yeah, current player Aaron Smith would be my pick, but I've gone for. Uh, might be a controversial one, but Justin Marshall. Um, I know he gets a lot of stick. Um, but actually, I'll tell you what, your um, interview with Steffi. Yeah, Hex. Um, Hex, yeah, Hex interview with Steffi um, actually turned, swayed me onto Justin Marshall. How he talked about how he's just really selfless, really nice guy. Comes across as a bit of a tool sometimes on um, commentary and things like that. But just from what he said, sort of backed it up and... Yeah, I, I quite like the way Justin Marshall played. He was pretty nuggety, quite a big physical uh, halfback. So I've gone for him. And then great, the great Dan Carter. Hard to go past him, really, um, as the first five. 
Nice, bro. Yeah, I, I don't know why Justin Marshall gets so much uh, stick, eh? Like, um, I like insight from, you know, recent players that have joined the commentary team and they're not a bit, yeah. bit more about the game, but everybody <laughs> just jumps all over them, bro. Like, yeah. um, how about you, Hexel? Yeah, I had Marshy, actually. I reckon he was awesome. Oh. Many oh my. Um, and <laughs> I also had, um, I had Jason Spice. Spicy. I thought he was awesome. Oh. I love Spice. Yeah. He was known yeah, for the games. <laughs> I don't, did he get a, I don't think it was a test. Did he, did he get a... Maybe it might not have been a test, but he definitely got a game. Hey, mate, if you could pick JK into your um, draft, then I'm sure you can go spicy as well, mate. (laughs) Do what I want. (laughs) Is there your 19 combo? Oh, I didn't give you a 10 yet, Fridge. Um, I'll stop you there. Um, Sorry, mate. Yeah, it's got got to be DC, but (laughs) Mertz Mertz played some 2000s games, eh? Yeah, he did. He did, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and he he was the man. He's he's he's, yeah. he's yeah. I reckon controversial. I reckon he was he was the best All Black team. Nice. Um, Mertz gets a plug. Hold on, uh, Ezra. Yeah, uh, honourable mention at ten. Uh, Carlos Spencer um, and and Bodie. Um, but you can't go past Carter. Dan Carter, best player in the world. When he was at his peak, um, and will be unrivaled for a long time, to be honest. Um, in my nine, I've gone for Powell, actually. Um, so Powell at nine and DC at 10. Pretty weak, yeah. Nice. Yeah, great choices there. It's quite similar to mine. Uh, I've gone Powell as well. Um, local boy, Sandy Coach, mate. You guys have no faith in Powell. That's real sad, eh? Um, you just want some seafood, don't you? No, nah, we knew you were picking him, so we didn't want to. Yeah. Mate, he saved our World Cup. Keep calm, pals on. Um, and my notable mention for nine was Byron Callagher. I reckon he was better than, than he got credit for, man. Like, uh, he didn't get as many starts with Marshall being around, but um, I like Callagher. Uh, my 10, definitely DC, uh, gets in there. But I wanted to plug uh, Stephen Donald as well. <laughs> um, oh, Beaver. Yeah, the Beaver. Uh, is an honourable mention, mate. He's an absolute battler and such a good story, bro. His World Cup time and um, kind of love those those background stories and with um, Beaver as well, and probably going on from what Marshy, but um, Beaver used to get a lot of lot of hassle. I mean, the public don't know; they just sort of see him make a few mistakes, so they jump on him. But I've heard, and a lot of guys I talk to talk about how Beaver's probably one of the best teammates out there. Mm. Just a real nice guy, a bit of a character, a bit funny. Um, so yeah, good good shout out to the Beaver. Yeah, and that that rugby movie that came out about his little journey there around World Cup time, well, it wasn't the best. It, it, it did still give some insight on kind of what players, what it's like in the background for players around these kind of big mistakes that happened or not getting selected. Like, yeah, just real people things. Um, we'll go into the midfield boys before we finish off with the back three, uh, and I think that's you, huge. Uh, yep, yep. So. Yeah, this was a tough one because one of my favourite players of all time um, is Tunner, um, obviously being a villager as well. So originally I actually said I wasn't going to select any villagers because I could obviously pick them. So I've got him down as a notable mention, but my two midfield has to be the combo of uh, Ma'a and Conrad um, that I've gone for. Um, 
So, yeah, it's hard to go past them. Just as a combo, I think they played 60-plus tests together. Um, didn't lose many games. Um, Ma'a is a centurion as well, and Conrad played 90, uh, mid-90 um, sort of tests. So, yeah, I've gone for those two. Yeah, great, great partnership there. And I think they, they have played the most in the midfield of any midfield partnership as well. So definitely up there with the best. Um, we've always been lucky, eh, to have um, kind of midfield beasts. Um, obviously throwing back to that little Bunce era. Um, Hack, did you have anything similar or different to uh, Huge? Yeah, I had I had everyone Huge mentioned. Lal Mape too. Um, and yeah, I was tossing up between Tana and Comrade, but I went with Tana. And also special mention of Paul Steinmetz. <laughs> Paul Steinmetz, <laughs> great choice, mate. Uh, huge, uh, sorry, yes? Uh, yeah, some honourable mentions for uh, for Allah, Peter Alatini, and, uh, and, and Comrade Smith. Um, but even guys like Richard Kahui, uh, Regan King, um, you know, they, uh, they had some great performances in the black jersey, but um, I had to go with a father and son combo. Uh, so Ma uh, at 12 and Tana at 13. Mm. That's great, eh? That's a great midfield there. Kind of, yeah, nice, nice midfield. Um, mm. Yeah, my three names in the, in the midfield you guys have all mentioned. Tana gets my 12 and Conrad gets my uh, 13. Um, the only honourable mention I had was was Ma'a, but he could. It's all preference and kind of just people's own mm. dream teams. I knew they won in there, but any one of these those three people, anyone that we've mentioned, including Paul Slimitz, uh could easily. Fit yeah. Mate, another one, another one that I'll just throw in there, but another one if it was purely on people I'd loved watching, just for the the sake of just trying to get a hit. Sam Tui to Paul, I loved watching him. Oh play. yeah, small player, but God, he could. He's the hardest hitter I've ever seen. Playing the game, yeah. but yeah, I'd love watching him play. The fire hydrant. Mm. Did uh, Did Tani talk to uh, Polo? ever play? Not for All Blacks. Oh, okay. All good. Um, back three. We're into the business end, boys. We'll just go wingers only, and we'll save the fullback for last. Uh, and I believe we're back at you, is for your wingers. Yeah. Yeah. Look. Um... Yeah, some mentions out for Rico Gear, uh, Corey Jane, and Dougie Howlett. But I've gone with um, two PGNs on the flanks. So, um, Sibi Batu on one wing, and, and Rock Osoko, man. Honestly, um, you were just saying earlier about some of the classic games that they're playing at the moment, and just seeing what Rocks could do was unreal. So, um, yeah, I've gone with the two PGN boys. Sorry, uh, great choices, bro. Uh, we'll come to you, Heck, on your wingers. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's kind of touched on them all. Rico Chango um, and Rocco Foco. I had Kahui as one of my wingers. I thought he was an awesome winger. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> I'll throw in some more late 90s on the fringe of 2000s, guys. Um, Jeff Wilson and Jonah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, how about you, Huge? Yeah, I was thinking Jonah, but his pride was definitely in the 90s, but he did play in the 2000s, so it's good. Um, yeah, same as Ez, I had Sivivatu. Um, yeah, I talked to, so name drop here, but good good friends with Conrad, and you talked to him about Sivivatu, and sort of people think he's sort of pretty relaxed, sort of chilled out, 
sort of guy, but he said his game sense and his knowledge of the game was just remarkable. Like, he could get given the game plan and he'll just know it. And his comms on the field around defence and everything, he just was a real um, rugby intellect on the wing um, and someone that Conroy used to love playing inside because he just helped out his game quite a lot. Um, so, yeah, Sibi Vatu. Um, and my other winger, I've actually, because I know he played majority of 2000s in the midfield, but I had to have him in my starting 15 and I'll put Tana onto the 14, into the 14 jersey. Um, yeah, just got to have him in there somewhere. Um, but, mm. yeah, and with honourable mentions to uh, Jules Savia, um and Rokotoko as well. Mate, you've gone from five minutes ago, you said you weren't going to pick any um, villages, and then you've gone and just picked Tana on, the, on your wing, mate. <laughs> No, I had I had Naser as well, so I sort of yeah, I did I did buckle in the end. I just didn't have floss, didn't put floss in that lock. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm similar to you boys. Uh, I don't really care that people scrape in like 2000, 2001. If they're in that area, I'm gonna can't select them. Uh, my notables, uh, I definitely wanted to note Julian Savia, bro. Like he was a beast in his prime for the ABs. It's gonna be good seeing him. I heard he's coming back uh, to New Zealand shortly. Um, and I really hope the team picks him up because he, he's still got a few good years left in him. Chuck him in there, man. Just a destructive winger. Uh, Warriors. Hard warrior, cheeky Warriors. Um, so I've selected uh, Jonah Lomu um, and Jeff Wilson, kind of classic um, old school ABs. And my notables were Richard Kahui and Joe Rokofuku. Um, mad as wingers. Uh, we're going to get a full back. And uh, I think I'm going to go here and start the, the last uh, position uh, in my selection. Um, and I'll check the dates on this. My notable is Israel Dag first, um, just all around. Um, went for a, a, a patch of kind of bad games. But if you go back to one of those World Cups, can't remember which one it was. He just done some mad as plays. Eh? Uh, but the, go, the one I'm going for is Christian Cullen. He takes it. Christian, you haven't replied back to my message on Insta, bro. Get back to us. Huge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, see, I've, I've gone different. I went for guys that actually played majority of their careers um, and are in their prime in the 2000s. Um, full respect to what you guys have done, though. Um, I can understand it. But, um, yeah, Kelly was awesome, but he was obviously more in the, in the 90s. Um, so my honourable mention is Ben Smith. Um, who I love, Bender, who's awesome, um, and I have there, and as well as Izzy. But my um, my fallback I've gone for is again another centurion. I've gone for all the all-back centurions here, and that's uh, Mills Mulaina. Mills the Spills. Yeah, so good player, mate. Good player. Yeah, yeah, good cat. Uh, good choices there. Uh, Hayden, do you have anyone different? Yeah, I had Alan Houston. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he'd be in, he'd be in my he'd be in my all time Patoni team. Um, I had yeah best fullback of all time. I had Christian Cullen. I couldn't I couldn't um, not pick him. Um, yeah, he didn't play his best footy in the two thousands, but yeah, he's the best fullback ever. So I had Cully. Yeah, yeah, his highlights real uh, some some of the best out there. Uh, Ezra, round us off, bro. Who's your fullback? Yeah, I, I mean, I would have gone with Tully as well. Um, but yeah, like, um, yeah, unfortunately in the 2000s, um, he probably wasn't allowed to play his best footy. Um, you know, being played out of position. 
Um, John but Buddy Mitchell. Mills, fullback like you've said. <laughs> uh, like uh, you just alluded to, uh, Mills is uh, an all-back centurion and served the, um, you know, served the jersey pretty amazingly over those years from the role of uh, custodian of the back there. So uh, Mills, Mills is my man. Nice, good pick, good way way to round out our, our teams here. Just on what um, Hack mentioned just before with John Mitchell, uh, who was it? It was Lomu, Cullen, Jeff Wilson. Who was the other one that need, needed to fit in there? Osborne was um, playing in this. Tour. I was just saying, like, what do you do? Like, do you just put one of them on the bench and just, um, or do you still put one of them in centre? Huge. Are you talking about John Mitchell or just them in general? No, just that situation at their World Cup where they moved Cully to centre. Oh, yeah. Um, what did you do differently? No, nah, I'm a big fan of sticking players um, in their positions or where they are. So you basically make a call on who's best there. Unless it's just obvious, like someone like a Tano who can play uh, midfield easily enough, moving from the wing originally. But... um. Yeah, I was I was big for just not putting someone in the team for the sake of putting them in the team. Um, it has to suit the, the yeah. team best. Uh, so yeah, I probably would have just had them fight out for those sort of outside back positions. Yeah, no, no good. I feel like we made the same mistake at this at this World Cup. Yeah, you know, yeah. Bowden's the best ten in the world. He should be at ten. It's as simple as that. Yeah, and then you you make your plan around um, someone coming off the bench at a certain point yeah. of the game. You kind of well, if if. Every World Cup they had that they failed at, they've always put someone out of position. So there was that one where they yeah. put Leon McDonald at centre instead of Tunner. Mm. Um, there they had Cully at centre in the 99 World Cup, I think it was. Um, Leon at the 2003. Uh, Mills, I think, played centre at the 2007 World Cup, if, I'm, if I think correctly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, those ones that you failed at, those tend to be quite big shifts in, in positions and playing people out of positions. Yeah, it must be real tough come World Cup time for coaches and kind of selectors and things. Is there any final um, comments on that little scenario with uh, picking a centre out of position and stuff? Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with um, what the other boys have said. I mean, it's one of the conundrums to see, you know, your face as a coach at that level, you know, because, um, you know, club footy, you know, if you've got, um, you know, three decent wingers and, you know, and, and two out-and-out fullbacks um, or first fives, you can you can shift them around, but at international level, you know guys uh, should be played in their rightful positions. So um, yeah, it's just one of those things. Unfortunately, someone's just going to have to miss the cut a uh, particular game because you've just got quality in, in those three bodies if we're if we're going with that. So um, yeah, I think mm. playing guys in positions the the key really. Mm. It's um probably similar to um like Hack mentioned before playing Bodie at fullback and Richie, but then even the other Barrett they played Scott Barrett at six against England. Mm. In the England game, and mm. um, I think they even Steve Henson freely admitted afterwards it was probably the wrong wrong decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, yeah. hindsight, eh? It's just mm. yeah, hindsight. Yeah. Well, uh, that's us, boys, and for everyone listening, um, that's the saddle chat five for this week. Um, hope you really enjoyed that. I'm going to go around the table one more time. If you've got any uh, exiting. Uh, words or anything you want to share, um, boys. So we'll start with you, Huge. Yeah, just uh, from me, just yeah, really excited to be getting slowly closer to the resumption of club rugby in Wellington. Um, I'm quite excited about. So hopefully, 
people stick to what they need to do, keep their sort of distancing from everyone, and we keep those uh, new confirmed cases cases low, um, and we can get into some contact trading and eventually playing some rugby soon. So, yeah, everyone out there, make sure you stick to what you're doing. Nice. Thank you, Henry. Uh, Hack, uh, Glenn's probably giving you the evils, mate, to get back on the spade. Yeah, um, yeah just um, everyone keep an eye out on the, um, the Petoni um, social channels and we'll keep you up to, up to date with what's going on and um, as, as soon as we find out. So, yeah. Nice. Big easy. Brown sugar. <laughs> yeah, nothing, nothing too much to add. Uh, obviously, another good uh, chin wag with the boys. So, thanks, Fridgey, for, uh, for coordinating uh, today's chat. And thanks for uh, everyone out there who um, is, is able to tune in and have a bit of a listen. So, um, yeah, keep up the good work. And, you know, some really good interviews this week with some of our club, uh, club folks. Um, you know, Colsey and, and, and Nev and, and obviously the subtle girls as well. It was awesome to listen to what they've been up to. So, um, I'm sure everyone's just going to get back to the club. Catch up and um, and get in some footy. Awesome, bro. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait wait to get back. And I know we we're meant to have a couple of quiets, but it wasn't to be uh, tonight. So hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, we can open up the bar at the club and get some people down there, putting some money back into the club, and and just uh, spending some time together. Well, boys, really appreciate you, your guys' thoughts on uh, today's agenda, and I like the way you guys come in with some real gay abandon uh, about your comments and your team selections as well. So, uh, loving uh, that and the plethora of uh, names that we selected as well. So, uh, well done, boys. Thank you for everyone for watching, and uh, we'll catch up uh, next week at some point. Cheers.